0: Good afternoon and good night, and welcome to another jam packed edition of the Home Team Podcast. My name is Matt Moriarty with Moriarty Agency at Farmers Insurance, and I am part of a trifecta of fantastic hosts. The first being
1: the Super Ninja
0: Realtor, Chandler (laughs) Findler.
1: Hello, part of the trifecta. My name is Chandler Findler, your residential realtor with Live Sotheby's International Realty. And of course, the always awesome, fantastic. (laughs) Guys, you got to see a picture
0: of John. He's
2: handsome as well.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. He's John hot. John Reed.
2: <laughs> John's hot. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming back. John Reed with New American Funding, your residential home loan consultant. So uh, we are. That was a little weird. Uh, so we are here,
0: uh, obviously, for you uh, to. I mean, the, the goal of this podcast is to obviously educate you with regards to everything surrounding the home, uh, whether it be buying a home, selling a home, insuring a home, anything along those lines. And and one of the biggest things, right, too, is is that you know when you own a home, one of the things that 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 happens is is that you have all these bills piling in, right? Because uh, you're spending all this energy, whether it be cooling a home or, or heating a home or anything along those lines. One of the coolest things out there is, you know, did you is to use the solar to actually do all these things, and there's so many benefits and so many, so many things out there. And we've brought a, a fantastic guest in. Uh, his name is uh, Andrew Ernstein. and he is the owner and energy consultant for Solar for Planet A. Correct.
3: That's right, Matt. Thanks for having me in.
0: Of course, of course, of course. And so do us a little favor, kind of go back in time a little bit uh, and tell us how you kind of got in the business and what led you to where you are today.
3: Oh, absolutely. Thanks a lot. I really am glad to be uh, in this podcast for the home team. I started in the business after uh, being a, a commercial realtor for six years. And in the last couple of years that I was doing that, I was focused on land and water rights. And water rights in Colorado are really contentious. And I had, and basically, the older the water right, the more valuable uh, they were. And I had some water rights that I was representing that were older than the state of Colorado. Oh, wow. So they were really pretty cool. And the land and the people that had developed those water rights were really fun to work with. I just learned a a tremendous amount from them. But it made me sick to my stomach to think that some of the people who were interested in buying those water rights were going to dry up those farms Mm. and sell that water to industry, specifically to power generation plants. Mm. So I decided as a a moral... for more reasons, in uh, the end of 2007 that I needed to get out of that industry and into the clean energy industry, which always protects environmental resources as well as saving people money. So in March of 2008, I made the switch. And really about five months later, the crash happened and everybody wondered how I knew what was coming. (laughs) Uh, You know, sometimes it's better to be lucky. Right? (laughs) Yeah, so I've been in solar for 11 and a half years now, and I've worked for big names, and I've worked for uh, regional players. Uh, I have my own business now because... I just want for all of my uh, my efforts and my um, track record to continue building up a brand that's not going to go away based on some corporate takeover.
0: Yeah, no, and that's really cool, and 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 so and, and you can tell too, just you know from from talking with him, the passion that he brings to you know what he does, and and those are always the best kind of business owners too. Is if someone is passionate about something and not just in it for you know X, Y, and Z. I'm in it for the money. I'm in it for this, that, and the other. If you are truly passionate about what you do, it, it comes through. And 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 it just makes you a better you know a better business owner. So commend you for that. Um, and you mentioned you you got into this what ten and a half years ago, eleven,
3: eleven and a half years 11 ago, eleven and
0: a half years ago. I mean, I first I remember those days when the full solar first came out, right? Mm-hmm. And it was so confusing as to what it actually did. And you get these things on your home, you didn't know what. So just for, all, for some of our viewers or for listeners, <laughs> uh, can you? Give we a are kind not of a to
1: be seen, just to be heard. Right. Well, you know,
0: we're we're talking about getting uh, something. And here so we can watch it. but uh so just if you could let us know kind of what's changed since the beginning of this solar revolution if you will to today what's a what are some of the differences between you know kind of what what first started and, and what where the industry is going today
3: that's a wonderful question there there actually is a history to solar it's not a brand new thing um in the 11 and a half years that I've been in the industry, what I've seen is that when we started, everybody who was getting solar had to buy it basically for cash. There were no solar loans available at the time. And in Colorado, at least, leasing was not allowed. The utilities did not have to allow a third party to own a, uh, a system on somebody's roof and interconnected to their grid. So they didn't allow it. They didn't have to. They didn't. Um, then there was a change in Colorado law that required the utilities to allow leasing. That happened in August of 2010. And after that, leasing companies like SolarCity and Sunrun came into the market, and I uh, uh, was the fourth salesperson hired by SolarCity in this region. Mm. So during the six years I was at SolarCity, I sold 675 systems that got installed. Wow, That wow. wow. And cool. thank you. Yeah. Fun. And um, and most of those were on leases, but several of them were, lots of them were also on purchases. And um, I always like to focus on what's the best financial fit for the customer. Um, so in the first couple of years that I was in the business, there was no choice. You had to buy it. And so those were early adopters, people who had the cash or the credit and uh, were able to buy it and were patient enough to wait for a, a multiple year payback. Of course, If you don't get solar, the utility company isn't offering you any payback. So, you know, whether the payback is, you know, seven years or 10 years or 11 years, kind of in a certain sense, who cares? You're not getting any more equity the more you pay the utility company every year. So it was a good move for those folks. With leasing, it became much, much easier uh, as an example of how much easier it became. When I started in the industry, three or four residential jobs sold in a month was a good month. Mm. When I uh, was selling uh, primarily leases, we were doing a dozen a month to as many as 28 in a month. That I personally sold. And that was a really good month. I didn't have any cancellations, 28 new jobs, 28 families going solar in one month. It was a tremendous amount of positive environmental impact and positive impact on their pocketbooks. So nowadays, what's going on is that the incentives to leasing companies have been reduced. And now leasing is kind of passe in most cases. It's still a good fit for some people, especially if they don't pay taxes, Mm. like if they're retired and you know, are exempt from taxation, maybe on disability. But for anybody that does pay income tax, they prefer to buy a system. And there are lots of solar uh, financing options available that didn't exist 10 years ago. Wow.
1: And so what are these through the companies or banks or credit unions? Or what are the financing options through? Yeah, kind of
3: all of the above, Chandler. That's a great question. Um, uh, I like working with um, uh, uh, credit unions. There are some um, specialized banks. Um, And it's certainly perfectly fine for a homeowner to say, I have access to capital. Um, Maybe John has set them up with a home equity line of credit. That's fine. Go ahead and use the equity in your home to improve your home. Mm -hmm. But the solar... The solar industry has always asked finance uh, companies to provide financing that has no lien against the property. So, if you're not comfortable having a line of credit against your house, the solar financing solutions do that. They have no lien against the property, no prepayment penalties, and they are aware of the fact that the tax credit is an important part of the financial picture. So they usually have some mechanism or another where you can pay down the note and reduce the payments.
1: So speaking of tax credits, so that's, you know, a benefit to going green, helping the environment, Mm -hmm. things like that. So what do the tax credits look like?
3: Oh, that's great. Yeah. So originally they were, it was a 30% tax credit. um, And that started in 2006. That's a federal tax credits. So anywhere in America, if you pay taxes, you can benefit from it. Uh, if you pay taxes and you own the property and get solar. And that was 30% right out of the gate, except- So 30% uh,
1: of what? I'm sorry. Of the total value of, of the system. The total value of the system yeah. per So press. for easy
0: numbers, like if you if it costs $10,000, it would be, you'd get- Three
1: thousand yeah. yep. yep. dollars. Ex- how easier? Right? How easier those numbers? I was just about to reach for my calculator. Yeah, yeah. Thirty
3: percent is pretty is pretty easy math. Ten thousand dollars. <laughs> it's a it's a three. It's all relative. Credit, it's all relative. Twenty thousand dollars system. It's a six thousand dollar tax credit. And who doesn't want a tax credit, right? right? Yeah. Um. The problem in the first few years was that they had a cap of two thousand dollars. And then they removed the cap in the end, in uh, the very beginning of 2009. And so it's been no cap, no limit, 30% ever since then until the end of this year, when it is reducing. Of 2019. Uh, at you. the end of 2019. At the end of 2019. Um, if your system isn't is, in, is uh, basically if it's installed in 2020, the tax credit is going to be 26%. Still very nice. And then no uh, cap. Still. But no cap. And then uh, the following year, it's going to go to 22%. And then after that, it's dropping to 10%.
0: So you need to take advantage of it while you can.
1: In the next few years. Yeah. 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 Interesting. What is the average? So just speaking of numbers, I like to go vi- you know visually through the thing, right? So what is the average amount somebody would spend? I guess that's such a general question on a solar system. Yeah. You know, it's so funny.
3: It's so funny. People often ask me um, for a 3000 square foot house or a 1500 square foot house. How big a system do I need? I'm like, I don't know. I have to see your bills. Basically, I have had customers with 6000 square foot houses that use less power than people who have. 1400 square foot houses. It's all in the equipment that you have, the efficiency of the house and your habits. So if you have a jacuzzi and you have electric baseboard heat, guess what? You're going to use a lot more electricity than somebody who has a well-insulated house that doesn't have a jacuzzi mm-hmm. and so on and so forth.
1: But we like to ask general questions. Yep. That's I what the know. people do. Yep. I know. I'm like the worst at it. Yeah. I
3: like so I do customize uh, the solution for each uh, building, whether it's uh, you know residential and I also do commercial. But in answer to your question, a typical residential system might be around $20,000 total cost. Subtract that tax credit year-round you know, fourteen, 14. to $15,000 after the tax credit. So you're financing that cost. And guess what? If you have a sunny roof, those panels are going to be putting out so much power that it's going to remove more money from your utility bills than those loan payments cost. And that's a great question
0: too um, with regards to, because you mentioned if it has a sunny roof, mm-hmm. right? Can you do, like if, if, is there a certain area uh, that it needs to face in order for it to be viable? Or, mm-hmm. or it's the flip side of that, is there any place where it's faced that, that maybe um, it would not be a good solution.
3: Yeah, if you have a lot of shade on your roof, if you have a 60-foot cottonwood tree south of your roof, mm-hmm. well, it's really unlikely that I'm going to be able to install solar in a cost-effective way. If you have a a generally sunny roof, let's say at least 85% of the time it's exposed to sunlight, you know, when the sun is up, um, then that's good. If you have a generally southerly facing roof, so south, southeast, southwest, those are all good. If you have an east and west facing roof, Probably still fine, um, you know, and it and it does v- vary based on the region. So, here we're in the front range of Colorado. We have cloud cover in the afternoons, but not in the mornings. And we have a tilted horizon line because the mountains are to the west of us. So, here, east is better than west. If you're in San Francisco and there's fog mm. in the morning, but never in the afternoon, guess what? West is going to be better than east. So, you have to make... Uh, you know, your solar consultant should make some intelligent decisions based on w- how your roof is laid out and what region you're in to determine the best roof surfaces to use. Mm.
2: So, you know, a- another general question. Um,
0: we like the general question. <laughs> <so> we
2: <laughs> talked a little bit about how much s- someone could expect to spend. But when it comes to the saving, I mean, other than that, uh, that tax credit, on, on a monthly basis, on average, what would you say uh, a homeowner could expect to save through their utility bill?
3: yeah so mm-hmm. with a with a generally sunny roof, let's say that we can save them you know. Well, and I'm thinking of Colorado numbers, mm-hmm. okay? Because if you go to California, you're you just triple the numbers, basically,
1: yeah. right? <laughs> Everything's more expensive in California. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what the
3: utilities charge out there. Um, now, uh, and and similarly in on the East Coast, in New Jersey, for example, or New York, uh, Massachusetts, they charge a lot more than than we have to pay here in Colorado for utilities. But if you can, if I can remove ninety dollars a month from some of the, somebody's utility bills, and in the first year their loan payments are between $80 and $85, they're coming out a few dollars ahead. That's only the beginning though, because the loan payments don't go up and utility payments do. So every year they're going to save more money. And what do we know, John, about paying off a loan for a home improvement or paying off the mortgage? You're paying yourself.
2: Mm -hmm. That's right.
1: So this sounds... Okay. um, So then this sounds... The, the way that it is described like a no-brainer then so then how come everyone doesn't have solar i ask all the hard questions right <laughs> the <No>. tough hitting investigative <laughs> like, reporter there she comes. There. Here she comes.
3: i love it when a customer at the end of a consultation says this is a no-brainer but i'll tell you if i walk in saying your house is great for solar it's a no-brainer They'll show the me the door, door yeah. immediately. Yeah. So thank you for phrasing we it that. We can way. say it. You as the professional. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it can be a no-brainer, but we do have to have a few um uh criteria to make it to make it fit that way. Okay. First off, we have to have a sunny roof. Secondly, if the person doesn't want to pay cash to get the solar installed up front, then they have to have good enough credit to qualify for a loan. Mm-hmm. And then we have to have somebody who's who's brave enough and curious enough to invite me or a solar consultant into their home, right? So a lot of people there have an inertia. We, we've grown up paying the utility company. There's no effort to that. And as long as we don't question this relationship and we don't question our, our rights and what we're paying for powering our homes, then the utility companies win. Because in any state that's that's not deregulated like Texas. So Colorado, California, all these other states, you buy a house, you're in a monopolistic utility district, and that's your only choice. And they win when the homeowner does not educate themselves. So we need people who are w- wanting to ask questions, wanting to listen to your podcast to learn the best way to run their house. If they're curious and they have a sunny roof, then the odds are that it it will be a very obvious choice for them once they see a solar design for their house.
0: Well, and it's like you mentioned too, right? Uh, When you're talking about, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? I mean, it's for for anyone. I mean, who could argue with it? Whether you are someone who is very passionate about saving the planet, right, it it, it checks that box, or you're on the other spectrum and you want to save money, right, that you can invest in other places, Mm -hmm. it checks that. I mean, there really Mm -hmm. is no downside. Can you, I mean, I can't think of anyone who out there, if it makes sense, like you mentioned, that would Mm -hmm. have a problem with
3: with it. Right, absolutely. There are five main motivations that I hear that people have to go solar and solar checks all of those boxes. Mm. If somebody says, I just want to protect myself against future price hikes, okay, great. Solar will do that. Do you mind if it happens to be clean? Because I don't have any dirty solar panels to sell you, <laughs> right? <laughs> ah! <laughs> On the other hand, sometimes I meet with somebody who, who just hates the, the, the government-backed monopoly Uh, situation they want to to use their terms they want to stick it to the man well okay great solar can help you do that too and that's a very different personality from somebody who says I really want to do my part to protect clean air and water in my community okay okay but solar is going to do all of those things at the same time. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm, interesting. Okay, so now we think about putting things on our roof, right? So does it, um, as far as like maintenance goes, or I mean, do you drill into the shingle, right? Because So I'm a realtor. Mm-hmm. I sell homes, right? The last thing you want to do is staple your Christmas lights into the shingle, right? And then mm-hmm. your shingle loses value. Oh, wait, you don't? Oh. Well, so many people do. Just kidding. Don't staple. <laughs> they come up with these really cute <laughs> nice hooks that they do sell out at the beginning of the season. So go buy them now. But every time I go to a house, I'm like, oh, God,
0: Clark W. Griswold, the husband was just reading
1: his honeydew list and he stapled into the shingle.
3: (laughs) And, you know, another thing that's really very common is uh, satellite dishes. Now, Mm -hmm. some companies install them properly with sealant. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of them rush the jobs and they just screw into the roof and don't seal it properly. So solar, it's very, very important that um, that it be installed properly. I work with companies that have between 10 and 25 year workmanship warranties. That is much, much longer than the workmanship warranty for residential roofing companies. Mm -hmm. So we're very, very much, I am a stickler for quality, and I, I used to have, at one point in my career, I had the job of m- managing and monitoring the quality of the installation companies that were my clients, mm-hmm. so I'm very picky about that, and I try to work with the best-in-class in uh, installation companies. So, in terms of maintenance for solar in general, they're, they're very hardy, very hail-resistant. Um, I've had my systems exposed to three-and-a-quarter-inch hail, mm-hmm. not a scratch, Okay, that'll destroy most roofs, mm. but it won't scratch the solar panels. Now, if you have four and a half inch diameter hail, yes, yeah, the panels are going to be breaking. <laughs> um, but in most cases, it's just not a problem. There are no moving parts with photovoltaics. This is not your your father's or grandfather's solar thermal system that was designed to heat up water with the greenhouse uh, effect, you know. Um, so... So uh, don't think of it as a a plumbing uh, issue. There's There's no storage tank in the basement. It's just minerals that are behind tempered glass that sit on the roof. The sun hits them. They make free electrons, and that flow of electricity will go into your house and spin your meter backwards every day for 25, 30, 40 years. So then, well, that's I guess,
0: that's, that's that's a good question how, how does it work right I mean mm-hmm. so the, the the I mean you mentioned it from a 10,000 foot view but how mm-hmm. does it store all that ener- the energy that it, it takes to do that like it, for example like during the, the winter and, mm-hmm. and things like that
3: mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely so there's different kinds of storage financially uh, well let's just say with a net metered system that that's or a grid tied system there is no physical storage of the electricity the solar uh, the sunlight hits the panels it creates electricity. It's going to create more electricity during daylight hours than you're using in the house, and it's going to spin the meter backwards and count credits on your meter. In Colorado, you get 100% value for all those kilowatt hour credits.
1: So we're sending it back to the utility company.
3: Yeah. It's going onto the grid, and it's going to be used by one of your neighbors before it gets out of your neighborhood. It actually is helping the utility company use their aging infrastructure more efficiently because power generation is distributed out to where it's needed into the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to generate all of it at their power plant and send it out in a hub-and-spoke relationship. The utility companies can lose 30% or more of the electricity they generate before it gets to the point of delivery. But if you generate it in the neighborhood, your neighbor's going to use it before it loses more than 2 or 3%. So it actually is much, much more efficient. Now, financially, you got the benefit of storing those credits on your net meter before it left your property. Um, physically, it's not stored. It's used immediately because they're electrons. They're moving around at light speed in that infrastructure.
1: But the cost, we're storing in a exactly. cloud somewhere. Exactly. Okay. Now, that's where the grid side system- Selling back to the-
3: the other option is to have a grid-tied battery backup system or even an off-grid system if somebody is not on the grid in the first Mm -hmm. place. And so there are great storage technologies that are available now. Uh, I work with a few of them, and it kind of depends on exactly what the customer's Mm -hmm. needs are as to what type of battery, uh, how many circuits they need to back up, how much um, discharge and storage they need. Um, You still would be looking at uh, storage over the course of hours or days, mm. not months mm. um, typically, but, um, but those solutions are there and the technology has come up tremendously in the past, past few years.
0: And, and I'm sure it'll continue to um, move forward as well and progress.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, you know, here in Colorado, obviously we talked about the hail and, and things like that, but um, one question I have, you know, in, in some like the off-grid situations or mountain towns or things like that. Um, I mean, is there continual maintenance? Do they have to be brushed off if there's a a big snow? Is it, you know, is weight of snow piling up on it going to affect um, the, the system itself?
3: Great question, John. Installing solar on a pitched roof, actually the snow is going to slide off that roof faster from the area that has solar panels than it will slide off the the rest of the roof that has uh, any other kind of roof than a uh, standing seam metal roof. Standing seam metal sheds snow really quickly, Mm -hmm. but comp shingle and... uh, you know, concrete tiles and wood shake, that'll hold on to the snow for a while. So what typically happens is, uh, especially in Colorado, we have a snowfall overnight. Then the next morning, the sun comes out. And guess what? By about 11 o'clock in the morning, the whole solar array is probably clear of snow because it all just slid off. So it's, it's not a maintenance issue. Um, now, if it's a flat, uh, a flat roof then you have to put the panels on racks and the snow only has so far to slide so it might take a little bit longer to, uh, to slide off. And in um, uh, the tropical regions like Hawaii, um, in case any of the podcast listeners are in Hawaii.
0: Yeah. Right. Hey, Hello. are, would love to come and visit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: We need to record there. <laughs> yeah.
3: There you won't have a problem with snow and the sun is much more directly overhead. So you can actually mount solar panels flat on a roof. It's not a problem. But here in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, outside of the tropics, we definitely want to have the solar panels facing to the south or the east and the west. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyway, so that'll, that'll shade that it's, it's, it's really not, not an, an issue. issue. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, well, thank you for addressing it anyways. Okay. So we're talking about putting big solar panels on roofs, right? Mm-hmm. And we're concerned about the outside of our houses and I sell homes that are located in HOA communities. Mm-hmm. And for those people who don't know HOA communities, um, you know, they just set standards and guidelines for a community to follow.
0: Um, you can't have a pink house or anything like that.
1: I know. That's so sad. I would have the pink house. It's very sad. <laughs> I choose to live in a highly controlled HOA development. But so it might be a concern, right, for some neighbors, especially since solar, you know, is, is you know, coming more and more onto the market. Right. We see mm-hmm. more home builders building large communities. But, you know, mid-90s, we don't. Um, so what, what, how do HOAs feel about these um, panels? Well, As in
3: a lot of things, it is an educational process. So there are some HOAs that have specifically invited me in, and I have worked with as many as dozens of their homeowners over time to help them go solar. And I've even had homeowners in those communities tell me, If I don't get solar, it's a competitive disadvantage when I go to sell my house. Then you have other HOAs that still think they can tell people that they can't get solar. And this is one of the reasons why some people have never invited a solar consultant into their home to talk. They'll just say, hold out their hand and say, I can't have solar in my HOA. Well, those rules are illegal mm-hmm. in Colorado mm-hmm. and in lots of other states across the nation. HOAs in most states cannot tell you no if you want to install renewable energy systems on your property. And of Statement. Now, Mm -hmm. they can maybe make some architectural requests so long as they don't significantly increase the cost or decrease the effectiveness of the system. So if you have a a house that faces south with a roof that faces south, they can't tell you to put it on the north sloping roof because that's going to decrease the efficiency of the system. Mm But they might be able to say, well, we only want to allow solar panels that have black frames. We don't want those silver frames because that grid look on the roof is distracting. Well, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And- In my residential business, I don't install, I don't offer any silver frame panels, and I have not for years. So almost basically all the panels that I work with now, outside of uh, very specific kind of architectural solutions for commercial settings, uh, all the residential panels that I sell are uh, black cells on a black back sheet Mm -hmm. with a black frame. Mm -hmm. So it's just a solid sheet of black across the roof. It looks great.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. very nice so where do you see the future of this uh this technology going i mean do you have any insights into i mean obviously so much has changed over the last 11 years as we discussed where where do you see this this going in the next 10 years
3: well storage is getting more and more popular Um, hopefully the problems they're having in california do not replicate themselves elsewhere um in Colorado our grid has uh, only gotten more reliable in the 20 plus years I've lived here which is great but in California it's been going the other direction and so what we see uh, the reaction in the market is that where there were thousands of uh, reservation spots available for storage systems that's battery backup at the house in California in a matter of 2 weeks over the past few weeks all of those reservation spots are now gone mm. So if we uh, have a consistent and strong and even growing demand for more and more storage, we can expect the uh, battery systems to uh, increase in availability and probably decrease in price. And uh, the way that integrates with solar is very complementary. Of course, it is important to keep in mind that um, in unless you're in a time-of-use billing area um, where you can... Uh, store bat- store electricity in your battery when power is cheap and then discharge it when it's expensive, unless you have a situation like that, which most people in Colorado and a lot of other states don't have, um, then there's not a financial reason to have batteries. Like it's hard for me to justify it on a spreadsheet, but somebody may very well have a reason like, I can't afford to have my freezer, you know, go go down and lose three thousand dollars of food that I store in my freezer or I run a business out of my home and I can't have my servers offline Mm -hmm. for three hours at a time. So those are like subjective reasons to get uh, storage. Um, But um, but it absolutely is solid energy security.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and and a lot of what I do is is commercial insurance, too. And uh, as you mentioned, with regards to restaurants and and everything along those lines, I mean, uh, moving forward, it just seems like the smartest thing for those because there, there are so many times where the electricity goes out like the, the power outage and all like the restaurants that I insure all of the food in there is now gone right because the, the oh, power outage it's horrible it's, you know and then sometimes it'll, it'll reset their uh you know their their systems their their tracking everything along those I mean so that's you know and, and again I'm that's where I would like to see the future go just because I care about these 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 mm-hmm. business owners because they're just like mm-hmm. you know all of us so mm-hmm. yeah well Thank you so much for being here. This is so yeah, what a j- yeah. fantastic.
1: Awesome jam-packed episode for sure. Good valuable information.
3: If
0: they want to get a hold of you, how do they do that?
3: They can call me at 720-443-1239. They can also check me out on Instagram or Facebook at Solar, the number four Planet A. Uh, solar for Planet is my website. And uh, I'd love to hear people's questions and, and find out if I can help them at uh, their home or business with solar. And I and I do work in multiple states. I actually have systems and customers from coast to coast. Very Great. nice. Thank very
0: you. Nice. So give them a call. Yes, I mean, it, what what does it hurt to, to listen, right? What does it hurt to have someone come in your home and, and get get you know a free cons or a consultation? So yep. uh, and learn more about it. I mean, or just listen to our podcast because I'm sure you just learned a ton. I know I did. I did. did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right?
1: awesome. So thank you very much. Well, thanks again, so
3: much for inviting me on.
1: Mm-hmm. of course
0: of course and, and we appreciate you guys so much for listening if there's anything out there that you want to listen to or learn more about I mean we're, we're as fascinated as you are we try and act as you and ask the questions that we know you would ask because you know, we're, 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 we're professionals we're real people own, too yeah and, and we're professionals in our own industry we can't be experts in everything so that's why we bring in the experts that's right. uh, to make sure that, that we're learning and, and that all of you are learning as well so uh, we three appreciate you listening to us thank you so much thank you thanks we are
1: out